What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, we dive into Thor, Love, and Thunder and discuss what direction it sends Phase 4 of the MCU in. All that and more this week, so don't go anywhere, because I'm Chris. And I'm Don, and this is Raise the Geek. Let's go. And we're back. No. (laughs) (laughs) You should (laughs) have. We'll just talk really low like this, this entire podcast. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Raise the Geek, NPR edition. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 64, Raise the Geek, is now live on a school night being recorded. I'm Chris, here with my buddy Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my good friend? Everything is okay. Episode 64, you said it right there, reminds me of Nintendo 64. I don't know why. The best system that ever existed that I didn't own. Never owned one. You never owned a 64? No, man. I just played yours. I would just so I would just come to your house and play uh, you know, all the I never had I had no games for it. Like outside of the wrestling games, I had nothing for the Nintendo 64. Like I didn't own Mario Kart. I didn't even own Mario 64. I didn't own GoldenEye. Like when I, I look through, I, I own Orkiana, Orcarina of Time. Uh-huh. I own Zelda. I owned, and like the wrestling games was like all I owned. I was going to say, because I remember playing the wrestling games. Like, oh yeah, those constantly. like constantly. Yeah, No Mercy and Revenge. Nintendo's I mean I had a PlayStation that was my system at the time and during that generation yeah and I was just never a two system kid I just never got two systems at the same time but I remember playing the wrestling games with you and our couple of our other buddies and those were just so damn fun like the Nintendo 64 one say what you will about like the Smackdown games or PlayStation those are fun but just something about those Nintendo 64 games were just awesome I don't know why they were so fun because they're the only game that's ever figured out how to do a Royal Rumble. Yeah, that that's all we ever played. We just played Royal Rumbles constantly with mm-hmm. creative characters. And like I said, the, those games were. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm hoping when the AEW game comes out, because they, they're using the same company who made those games. Was it THQ? It was THQ, but it was like something with an A. I can't remember, like Akai or something. It was a Japanese company with an A that did. I can picture the logo, but I can't think of what the name is off the top of my head because we didn't know we were going to talk about this. <laughs> no, we did not. I don't know, man. A lot of fond memories of Nintendo 64 for a system I never had. <laughs> just like I, I remember playing the Super Mario 64 at like some kid's house and just being like, this game's revolutionary. Even my little kid brain, I was like, this is this changes the game. Uh, this is incredible. It did. it did. It seriously did. It did. That was like next level 3d man i just my thing those games were just too expensive as a kid trying to buy like a 70 dollar cartridge game i was yeah, like i can't do it while i'm buying playstation one games for like 20 bucks i'm like yeah i could do this with my little uh you know grocery store paycheck yeah we didn't have enough money for that shit no we had to buy other crap <laughs> yeah i didn't and have so 70, my paychecks were like a hundred dollars a week i couldn't spend 70 of it on a video game right i'm spent 75 percent of my check on a video game i need food uh yep nintendo 64 still also goes down to me as like one of the best controllers ever just the way that claw felt in your hand i mean they've advanced now further but it's just like an iconic iconic controller like really took advantage of that analog stick and just everything about the controller it's classic 
Yeah, it was one of yeah, it looked really funny, but then when you put it in your hand, you're like, it just made sense. Yeah, like this, this works. This just, this just works. Just worked for my little kid hands, man, playing those games. And <laughs> yeah, I remember the Christmas after it came out, we had one friend who got one and we went over to his house and he rented a bunch of games and we just destroyed everything for like a weekend at his house. Oh, yeah. We like the only time we ever went over there and hung out with him. <laughs> who was that? Richie. Oh, inside joke. Inside talk here. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, okay, yeah. Richie. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know Richie, don't you? <laughs> Come on, guys. Richie. <laughs> <laughs> So we are here today to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder, and I think a little bit more importantly, Marvel Phase 4, I think is Mm -hmm. going to be a large part of this conversation because I have some very interesting questions that I want to talk about, but we're also going to talk about a few other things that we had go on this week as we are knocking out this recording. But before we dive too deep into it, we want to make sure you like, subscribe and follow this podcast on all podcasts and social media services. Um, We appreciate all that you do. Hit us up with five stars at every turn and every place that you can. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at RaiseTheGeek or shoot us an email at RaiseTheGeek at gmail.com. All very true. And once again, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully you all enjoyed our last episode where we sat down with our our wives and talked Stranger Things Volume 2. It was a lot of fun for us to do that Uh and hopefully you guys enjoyed the format change out there and uh now you're back to about now you're back to just us now you're back to just us so sorry Sorry. (laughs) but uh yeah all right well today when we're recording this we're going early since we both have weekend plans and couldn't get along so we're like let's record this on a random thursday night And uh, today we had the Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings TV show coming on Amazon Prime in September, dropped, I think it's the first real trailer. Mm, It is, yes. To that, that we checked out. And we've talked about Amazon shows on and off here on the show because it's one of those things. I know we were just talking about like the boys and just what, why Amazon shows don't seem to make it, like make any waves in the world like they exist people watch them but it's like they don't get reviewed as heavy they don't get talked about as heavy um most people don't even watch them like you talk to people and nobody knows what's on amazon most of the time and i think wheel of time was a big fantasy show they were hoping was going to break through and it didn't lord of the rings ring of power we think that's going to break through what'd you think of that trailer don yes lord of the rings ring was rings of power or power rings rings of power right uh, either way it's the people are just going to refer to it as the lord of the Rings show and i think our conversation about uh amazon prime started with us mentioning paper girls uh, uh yes which is going to be coming soon at the end of this month and yeah we brought up the boys and invincible and some other things we didn't even mention i guess they're they, they have the show like uh what is it something miss mazel yeah. that is that is critically acclaimed and and gets a lot of love when award season comes around but another show like you said just doesn't get doesn't grab the public's attention as much mm-hmm. and that kind of seems like amazon so here with the lord of the rings you got to imagine this is their 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 attempt with this is probably to try to bust out that's what it would seem like the lord of the rings is a well-known property we all know the the movie trilogy from years ago from Peter Jackson that just, um, you know, made all kinds of money. And by the end of it, won all kinds of awards and 
everybody and their mother knows who what Lord of the Rings is and uh, the Hobbit movies that followed it. Now, me personally, I went to see those movies without like being I wasn't a Lord of the Rings book guy. Uh, I never read the books. I didn't really know the lore. I kind of just at that time in my life just went to go see those movies because, hey, it's the big new blockbuster uh, movie series that's out. And that's kind of how it went for that entire trilogy. I saw all those movies. I thought they were cool. Um, it's like a movie that you can tell got a ton of money spent on it, you know, and this show kind of looks like they're doing the same thing just in TV form. So Amazon's kind of seeming like they're sinking all their hopes into this um to me it just kind of looks like a big sprawling epic fantasy show and that's just kind of what lord of the rings is right um game of thrones and witcher and those kind of things like a big sprawling fantasy show um now as far as my excitement level i don't know i'll watch it but i'm not like a huge lord of the rings guy so i'm sure there's people out there who are much more excited about this than I am. Um, but it's interesting and looking enough for me to tune in and see what, you know, what it is. I'm, I'm interested enough to see what it is. So we'll kind of just go from there. How about you? Yeah. I think we're all looking for that game of Thrones replacement. I know we get house of dragons later this year as well. Um, that may or may not, um, live up to that statute, but we've still been looking for it. And I don't think anything's really came close to touching it yet of giving us that just big fantasy epic mature you know just real deeper story than what we're getting i think we've gotten a lot of fluff with some of these things um witcher tried but i'm i've been struggling i struggled with season two of the witcher um just didn't do it wheel of time i couldn't do so i'm hoping lord of the rings can do that um once again i don't know how mature adult because lord of the rings is notoriously skewed a little younger i know i remember watching it originally in the cartoons like the hobbit cartoon that came out like in the 80s i remember watching that as a kid and then yeah most of my experience comes from peter jackson i think i read some of the books after the fact um but it was always the movies first so i'm excited to see what they do with it and hopefully amazon's got something on their hands um but i'm just hoping it's good i don't really know the lore or enough i know that i've seen some complaints about different things that they're changing and stuff based on the lore, but I don't know anything about that. So I don't care. Right. That's not going to bother me either, but just, just judging from the way the trailer looks, it looks like they've spared no expense. So, I mean, visually it's going to be there. You can already tell now it's just a matter of if the story and the plot and everything is, is in place as well. And we'll see if we got a winner, but Amazon needs this, big hit because they spent 250 million dollars just to secure the rights to the franchise and now for this one season of tv they've spent 465 million dollars to produce it that's pretty wild so that's i mean they're pushing almost a billion dollars and probably yeah. for this one season when she started adding marketing costs and everything else you're looking at a billion dollars that amazon paid for this season and if nobody watches it I mean, if this is the case, they're going to they're they're not going to spare any expense on this advertising Then you'd have to imagine. Right. Like every time you go on to Amazon to order anything to get sent to your house, you're going to be hit with a Lord of the Rings trailer and be like, don't forget our show. Here comes your, you know, cargo shorts in the mail. But don't forget about Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'd imagine that's going to be the case. So they're going to want to they're going to want to get that in 
front of as many eyes as possible. And uh, mine will be two of them. So we'll see. But I mean, hopefully if we're um, I, I found this article on The Verge, which is kind of interesting to kind of break this down a little bit just to and like to figure out what that actually means. But one season of TV, $465 million. The final season of Game of Thrones, which we were just talking about of being high quality and usually the effects and everything was pretty good. That final season cost $90 million. Yeah. Disney spent $100 million for the first season of The Mandalorian. Mm. Um, the MCU shows are all reported to be about 25 million in episodes. So all those seasons, like WandaVision had nine episodes. So that was the longest. So that would be $225 million. Every other one is cheaper. Amazon $465 million on one season. So like, I don't even know what this is supposed to be. They said, uh, Peter Jackson's the Hobbit trilogy holds the record for most expensive movie production in history at $623 million after tax credits. So it's only like a couple hundred million. It's it's almost at the close of three, like the trilogy of Hobbit movies. They got that Jeff Bezos money, man. (laughs) Yeah. So they spent some money for this. So I'm very curious to see how it shakes out, but yeah, I'm, I'm down to check it out and see what it is. Most definitely. See what the Lord of Rings does. The other thing that came out uh, today was it today when they announced this, or it was, oh, this no. like a day or two? Yeah, it's a few days ago. But uh, the who is this? The Hollywood Reporter did break that, um, basically confirming that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will reprise their roles of Daredevil and Kingpin, respectively, in Marvel's Echo series coming mm. out. So we saw Echo in Hawkeye, and that was where Kingpin came back. Um, and we were tying into trying to figure out where, when we would see him next, we assume echo would be when we'd see him next, but we never knew about daredevil outside of the rumors that they were working on a new daredevil show or a season four. But now it looks like at least that these, well, this is confirmed that both of them will appear in echo. So whether or not how big of a part they play in the story, or if it's going to be just a walkthrough or if they're going to be tied in, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's very awesome. Um, the Kingpin thing isn't surprising if you watched Hawkeye because yeah, yeah. you know how closely tied to the Echo character they made him. Now they are kind of spoiling their own ending there in Hawkeye, like with the cliffhanger, not us, them not wanting us to know as viewers what happened to Kingpin. Is he dead? Is he alive? Now we assumed he would be alive just because, I mean, you don't bring Vincent D'Onofrio back to play Kingpin just to like kill him off after two or three episodes of a Hawkeye yeah. show. No. But at the same time, it would have been nice to see him pop up somewhere without knowing it. So this story is a little bit of like spoiling the fun suspense of that. Um, Should we have put a spoiler warning before? it? Oh, no, this is news that's <laughs> out there. But uh, and hopefully you've, I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to us have watched Hawkeye. They know that that happened. Um, and, you know, the Charlie Cox thing is even more exciting. Um but also you could kind of see something like this coming because, well, one, he was in the Spider-Man movie as Matt Murdock. Now, not Daredevil, but Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, was in Spider-Man. And there's also been reports out there that, you know, a new season of Daredevil is in the works for Disney Plus. Yeah. So having him kind of show up here first makes sense if it's relating to Kingpin. And, you know, we've, we've got rumors swirling that Kristen Ritter is going to be back as Jessica Jones and something else soon, too. So it's kind of all these Netflix characters coming back, which I think is cool. And I don't even care. I know we had the conversation that like, well, is a watered down version 
of the Netflix characters like good enough because you know these these Disney Plus shows can't go as gritty as the uh, Netflix shows did. Um, I mean, we saw that firsthand with Moon Knight. We thought, you know, that might get there and it got nowhere close. So, I mean, the version of Daredevil we're going to get is not going to be the Netflix Daredevil. And does that suck? Maybe a little, but at the same time, like, I'm just, I'll be glad to have Daredevil back because I loved Charlie Cox as that character. I'd love to see him interact with some of these MCU characters that we've, you know, gotten to know over the decades and or decade. And it's just, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So this is exciting news. What, what'd you think of the news? Yeah. It's awesome. I was just waiting for some of those characters. Daredevil was really the only Netflix show that I got all the way through. I enjoyed every season of Daredevil. I thought it was a solid show coming across the board. And it was highlighted by both of these actors. You know, Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the best villains the MCU ever put together. And the way he portrayed Kingpin in that se- the season one and three, which was the main ones he was in. But I mean, it was outstanding. It was the levels in which he had character. He had just everything that he brought to that character was awesome and uh, heartfelt and you cared about him and hated him at the same time. He was brutal. He was unlike anything we've ever seen within the MCU confines as the, as of that point, because at that time, the Netflix shows were still tied in with the MCU. And then they kind of became Mm -hmm. still connected, but very, very, very loosely um, outside of maybe a few mentions about a battle in New York or something from on one of those shows. I don't think they ever really, talked about them in the movies or on the Disney side, but um, yeah, they, they had great actors and they had great portrayals of these characters already. So just, yeah, do it, bring them in. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it going. Yeah. Let's just get it. Just do better than, you know, Evan's Pete, Evan Peters in uh yeah. WandaVision, you know, where we get this cool, hell shit, this is awesome. And then he just turns out to be some dude named Boner. No, if you're bringing Charlie Cox in, he's Matt Murdock. He's yeah. Daredevil. If you want to do a light reboot of him and not like have everything carry over from Netflix, that's fine. I just want to see him in the suit again. I'm sure it'll be an altered suit, kind of a different look, which would be cool. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want him in there. I want to see, I want to see Daredevil interacting with Spider-Man and the Avengers and whoever else you get, you want to throw in there. Like that's just going to be great. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And you know what? And they really, those those seasons now are on Disney Plus. They're part of the MCU. So I mean, I don't even think you have to do too big of a jump at with it. I mean, yes, I imagine if they did a season four of Daredevil, it's not going to be as violent as Daredevil the first three seasons were, but it's still canon. Like it's still going to be is. part of it. So I mean, it it's still going to be the same character. He's just they just won't show you the brutality like they did on the Netflix shows. Yeah, which, you know, is fine. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it as long as we get them. Hell yeah. Ready for some echo. Get me back down to the streets. But Don, let's keep this MCU convo going and shift gears to the big screen and talk some Thor Love and Thunder and see where we fell with the MCU's newest big screen feature. But before we do... We want to make sure you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. It is time to bring the love and the thunder and talk about Thor, the first MCU hero to get a fourth movie. He broke free of the trilogy curse and got a fourth movie. I guess that's true. 
<laughs> yeah, nobody had, else got a four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have showed up more times. I mean, Iron Man was in more movies. Doctor Strange was in more than four movies. But True. to actually get a, like that franchise, Thor's the only one that's got four so far. I think everyone else stopped at three. Yeah, I guess that's an accomplishment in itself. You know, Iron Man couldn't do it. Captain America couldn't do it. I mean, there will be a Captain America four. Yeah. But it's going to be starring a different person. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, you know, I guess MVP of the MCU for appearance or movies, having your own movie, I guess, which is funny to think about because after Thor, the Dark World, people thought that that. That series was just be dead yeah like he'd never he'd never get another solo movie after all the discourse of that movie uh but then you know taika ytt kind of changed gears and ragnarok was a complete 180 from that and kind of breathed new life into the character many would say so i guess i'm not surprised but yeah who'd have thought thor's the one who gets the fourth movie first yep and here we are ready yeah. to talk about it don how yes, your, sir. How was your experience with Thor Love and Thunder? Thor Love and Thunder. Well, I got to say, to start off, this was a highly anticipated movie for many. Um, just because I guess I guess it all stems from mostly the reception from Thor Ragnarok, like we just mentioned, was so good. People really liked that movie, myself included. Um, because it kind of took Thor from what many thought with the first Thor movie and even, you know, dark world to a more extent of like a, I don't want to say bad, bad. I mean, dark world was bad, but just kind of a more of a like Shakespearean classical Thor, like Hamlet kind of Norse mythology, Norse mythology, Thor and, and kind of flipped it around and made Thor kind of like this bro and funny and more colorful and people really liked it. And I liked it a lot too. I like, I like Thor's and I'll put it this way. I like Thor's new personality a little better than what it used to be. I mean, he's just got more personality and even in the comics when he's like that way, I like it better than the like serious side of Thor that kind of bores me. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was ready for love and thunder. Um, and after watching it, I'll say this movie is not great. It's not great. Um, but I don't think it's terrible. I think it's very, very, very middle of the MCU pack. Um, like kind of in there with like Ant-Man one and Ant-Man and the Wasp and, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of riding in there and that is disappointing in itself to me because i had really high hopes for the movie um i didn't hate it i wasn't like bored to tears and wanted to leave or anything it's not i don't think it's a bad movie but it is not very good um which you know like i said kind of makes me sad because i really wanted it to be really good i liked I'll put it out there at the beginning. Now I like Thor Ragnarok way more than I liked this movie because I feel like this movie tried to do everything that Ragnarok did and accomplished and did a worse job of it. And I still can't figure out why that was like what happened that made it that way. And I've been trying to figure it out and I still don't have the answers. Maybe we'll get there in the course of this conversation, but just like, man, a lot of it, 
didn't work, but at the same time, I had fun. There's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I did have fun with, and I found myself enjoying. Um, and we'll get into all that, but I mean, that's my first impression, I guess, or overall thought is wasn't great, didn't hate it, and it, I'm just getting tired of saying that about MCU movies. I keep seeing it seems like I keep saying that you know one a, a Spider-Man No Way Home will come along and blow you away, but then the two or three movies before that and then the two or three movies after that are just I'm just like eh and I'm I'm starting to question things here but um I don't know that's just kind of where I stand and we'll get into it but before we do tell me what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder I didn't like it <laughs> I've I've spent I've honestly since I've seen it I've been trying to figure out if there's an MCU movie in that's worse than it to me like <laughs> i was halfway through this movie i was halfway through the movie and that's what i was thinking about like is this the worst mcu movie to me mm. and that was what i was thinking about in the middle of this movie like i didn't even finish the movie and i was sitting there going i think i don't know if there's been a worse movie than this in the mcu and that's just how i felt like for me very little hit like I, I have some positives that I can say, but there was so much that just, and I enjoyed Ragnarok as well. I enjoyed the tone shift. I enjoyed the the colors, the style, the kind of guardians of the galaxy goofiness, um, having a little bit more fun, but you had a story in Ragnarok. You had stakes, you had, there was just more going on in this movie. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what needed to be, told in the story i don't know what the point of it was like it just things just happened and for whatever reason in this movie and i it could be any number of things i guess but nothing like the jokes just didn't land with me like i just was watching it like straight face and even in my theater like there was like one time where people laughed like the whole theater there was like one time where like you heard laughter from other people and the rest of the time, the theater was just silent. So I just thought it was weird. Um, so it just was one of those things that I just don't know really what happened that they, this is the movie that they did. You had the same creative team and there's so much stuff, but it's just, I just felt like nothing landed to me. Like I said, if it's your thing and you enjoyed it, awesome. You know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you, push my opinion, but it just was not for me. No, yeah, this this show is just our opinions. That's what we're here to do and give. And we hope everybody goes out to watch it and to form their own opinions. We're just here to talk about ours and see if anyone will listen to us. Um, but yeah, a lot of what you're saying, I agree with. Um, I feel like the humor is a big talking point with this movie because it feels like a movie that was built around being silly and a comedy and not to be taken too seriously. They don't want us to take it seriously. They just want us to kind of sit back, relax, and turn your brain off and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But for in order for that to work, the jokes you're telling have to land, like you said. So unfunny jokes in a movie that is supposed to be funny is like a recipe for disaster. Um, and that's kind of what did happen here. Uh, you know, Korg is a character that exists 
to just try to entertain and be funny. And everything he said wasn't funny to me. Like, and I, it's hard for me to grasp that. I thought that character was funny in, in Ragnarok. Like I laughed, I thought he was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And like, this is, they're both Taika YTT movies. So I, I understand the guy gets humor because the humor in that movie worked and I laughed and I, I had a good time, but every time something was supposed to be funny in this one, I just kind of was like, eh. I'm the same way. Like, I understand. I'm thinking back now after you said it, like nobody in my theater really laughed either at the parts that are supposed to be funny. You can tell the parts they thought were going to be funny, but they just, man, just like the jokes weren't landing. Like the, the running one dimensional joke of like, um, of thor with this relationship with stormbreaker you know him apologizing the entire time to stormbreaker like come on i'm sorry you know you're the only one for me like those jokes aren't working stop doing it it's not it's not funny um that was the thing the the movie had like four jokes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they just kept redoing them over and over and over again so it was just like if you didn't find them funny the first time it wasn't going to get funnier and then it's like every time you heard it, it was going to take you down and take you out of it just that little bit more. You're like, okay, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it just doesn't, if it doesn't land the first time, it makes the movie extra long when it happens three or four more times. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's like when I'm, when I was going through my thoughts, that's, that's what really hurt this movie the most to me was that, um, Ragnarok was a much needed change, I think, from Thor and from Thor the Dark World. So it seemed like this should have just been an easy layup to just keep that going, like just improve upon Ragnarok. But they they kind of tried to and it's just not working. And I, I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't figure out why, like what change did they try to lean too hard into Ragnarok and make it extra silly? You know, like you, you got. Russell Crowe showing up as just like a parody character with some with an Italian accent for some reason, like and every every joke he tries to tell is Zeus. And it's just like, this isn't funny, dude. That scene like, was so long. <laughs> that scene was really long. Um, there were long stretches of boredom in here. That was one of them. Uh, another one was when they were in New Asgard like trying to devise a plan like i i still remember sitting in the theater being like this is taking so long and it's it's like not leading anywhere um the problem was was they didn't tell the story that i think we wanted to see like you wanted to see your we're coming off of endgame we had bro thor who was going off with the guardians of the galaxy and they were going to go have an adventure right And then in the opening of this movie, they just talked through all of that. So we didn't get to see like Thor get his mojo back and become what we just saw it in a quick like Korg saying it. We didn't see anything with the Guardians of the Galaxy. We didn't see any of that character growth. It was all just in this like everything of the story that we wanted to see was in the first two minutes of the monologue to explain where we are. But then you skipped over all of that, like character building, world building, like, hey, Thor was broken. Now he's just fixed. And they did it in the first five minutes of the movie. And then with the movie that like came after that, there was nothing there. Like there was no, just nothing happened. (laughs) Like they really banked a lot that you cared about Jane. Mm -hmm. And you were invested in their relationship. Yeah. And if you weren't, 
there was nothing in this movie for you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of that is an unfortunate um, result of a couple different things. Like one being James Gunn being, you know, the dirt, we, we go back to that stretch where he was released from guardians of the galaxy three and there was that stretch of time where nobody knew what guardians of the galaxy three was going to be i i have this scenario in my mind where i feel like guardians of the galaxy three was supposed to come out before this like it should have been made and decided on a while ago and i feel like the plan was going to be have that movie and thor's next appearance would have been in that movie and it would have been him with them for that whole film but because of those circumstances and whatever else production delays that we all dealt with Thor just happened Thor love and thunder came up on the calendar to be released and made before guardians of the galaxy three. So I feel like they had to kind of shuffle shuffle things around and be like, well, we're going to make a Thor movie and we can't just make a Thor movie where it's him and the guardians. That's not a Thor movie. We need a Thor solo movie. So it kind of like, deludes the the end where we left where thor was with the guardians i feel like they could have done something more with that do you kind of know what i'm saying yeah that's 100 like, the, what the story we wanted to see yeah we wanted they, to know where they, they went that. we wanted to know we wanted right. to see how thor got his mojo back you know we wanted to see you mm-hmm. know i mean he was a broken character for the most part you know trying to redeem what happened in endgame and to do all this stuff and he was trying to find that team and find his family and find all of that stuff. And I mean, I guess you can say that he found it in this movie, but you just missed all that character growth. Like the opening was so choppy. It was like, what is happening in this movie? And then they, because they did comes back to the jokes, it just, they took any opportunity where a character could show any kind of emotion and it just turned into jokes. Yeah. You got very few scenes of actual like character or story. It was just jokes. Yeah, jokes that didn't land. And that's and like I said, if the jokes landed, like in Ragnarok, I laughed my ass off through Ragnarok. Yeah, like all the Hulk scenes, him and Thor together, those were hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But like when you look back at it, Ragnarok had a story and this movie didn't. Like it was a very tacked on just, I mean, you never saw Gore do anything. Hmm. He just existed, you know, like he was just there. He had one scene in the middle with people. Every every other scene he was in was just the beginning and the end. He only had like one scene in New Asgard that really mattered. Everything else, I guess they did that one other black and white scene. So what, he had four scenes in the whole movie? Yeah, that's my thing is I was going to bring up eventually when we got to things we actually liked about the movie. Because I do have a few. Oh yeah, But I, I do like gore. I liked gore. Um but i think he was severely underused i feel like he could have been utilized a lot better we all know christian bale was a hell of an actor and this even in this movie that was kind of uneven i could still get and appreciate his effort and performance um that he gave like gore to me was you know, he started the movie. They opened the movie on gore, on a gore scene, like how gore becomes. And I really liked that scene. I thought it was good. I thought he was good. Um, he was scary and creepy. And 
just not utilized throughout the movie like I thought he should have been. Like the scenes they did give him in New Asgard and the black and white scene and the scene with him and the children when he had them locked up in the cage. I thought he was fun and good and a scary villain, just not used enough. And I love the gore, the God Butcher storyline from comics. And I also love the Mighty Thor storylines in the comics of, you know, Lady Jane Thor. And that's another thing I think that makes this movie suffer is um, I feel like they could have just focused on one of those. Like, if you're going to do a gore movie, let's do a gore movie. If you want to do a Mighty Thor movie with Jane, let's do a Mighty Jane, you know, Mighty Thor Jane movie and explore those stories a little more. But because we were doing both, I feel like neither one got to be explored enough. Like we didn't really get to feel the emotion that the of Jane becoming Thor. All of a sudden she just was Thor. And you know, then she just has scenes fighting alongside Thor and or, you know, man Thor, or whatever you want to call him. But there's some deep story to how she becomes Thor and like everything with her cancer and using Milnor is killing her. Like they kind of talked about that, but everything just got brushed to the side as like a little side tail and it, it it just didn't have enough chance to grow you know we we see her finding Mjolnir and the next thing you know you see her and she's Thor well let's let's talk about that a little bit and like you know see how it actually happens for her and how she how it you know overtakes her and what happened I don't know if this is deleted scenes or whatever that we didn't get and they just it was a uh, they're prisoners to the time of this movie but it's just like it wasn't explored enough well, 100%. And for someone like me, who I don't know the story with her becoming Mighty Thor or any of that. So I was excited to see it. And then, like I said, it was like, okay, so she has cancer. And the story that they told from someone who doesn't know the story. Okay, so Jane has cancer. You find out she becomes Thor. You find out that Thor, male Thor, said, told Mjolnir to protect Jane, protect her at all costs. Mm -hmm. then they tell you oh the hammer's killing her that doesn't make any sense i was supposed to protect her right so like okay and that was it that was just the story that they just told that was the entire arc of mighty thor yeah and but i do know more about her wanting a catchphrase (laughs) right right which the payoff on that was kind of like an eye roll uh there was no payoff (laughs) yeah yeah there was no payoff there was zero they didn't even want to take the time to think about a payoff. Yeah. For a character who's so fun to me in the comics, it just feels like they kind of just br- brushed by her and, and didn't give her enough. And and we've dealt with this before, mm-hmm. you know, in Marvel with, with characters, you feel like deserve more time and a little more talk and exploration into their history and storyline. And you want to get to know more. They just kind of, you know, I feel like they're in the boardroom. They're just like, all right, we just got to wrap this up. Let's get back to, let's get back to the funny. Let's get back to Thor and Korg and, and, and busting up some bad guys. But like, no, you you put this character who everybody really likes in a movie. Let's actually sit and focus on that for a little bit. And I just feel like 
that suffered and and it makes the character kind of look like unimportant you know what i mean she's just like here and then she's gone uh which kind of sucks because that's one of the things i was most excited for and the same thing with gore i mean he's an awesome villain and he if you add it up he probably had 20 minutes of screen time and that's just not enough you know for for christian bale and for that character um he was just kind of shallow but I liked his performance and I just wanted more. And that's what I, kind of upsets me about it. He was the best like part we, of the movie. Yeah. Like we always talk about MCU still has a villain problem. They get it right. Few and far between. And then, and you know, when they get it right, it's great. And when they get it wrong, it's just like, ah, why, why can't the villains, you know, have as much exposure as, you know, the hero does. I Those find screaming just goats got more exposure in this movie than Gordon. I'm telling you, they did. Yeah, that the joke that wouldn't end. Uh, yes. So yeah, yeah, definitely would not end. Yeah, neither one of those characters felt fleshed out enough, and that was rough. I'll say, you know. 100%. Like I said, the opening scene was awesome. I loved the opening scene with Gore. I was sitting next to my wife who was like crying. I could hear her sniffing. Like it was an emotional scene. You felt it. Christian Bale brought it. You were just like, all right, man, this is awesome. Like it just was a good opening scene. And then, like I said, it just kind of never really picked it back up. But I did enjoy the last scene with him and his daughter and, you know, Christian Bale. Like I said, it was all about Christian Bale in this movie for me. Like mm-hmm. when he was, like you said, when he was on screen, I was kind of down for it and there. And then whenever we went back to Thor or whatever he was doing, it just, I had, I had zero interest in anything that he was doing. I cannot tell you right now an action scene. Okay. I don't, I want to know how much they paid Guns and Roses to do the official uh-huh. soundtrack for Thor Love and Thunder. Like that's the only band you use in this whole movie is the the four biggest Guns N' Roses song that everybody knows, those are the four you use. Out of all the songs you could have pulled from the 80s or just whatever, you use the more most played out Guns N' Roses song in the world. Come on, man. Thor's a rock star. We got we to gotta play There's some There's a lot more rock roses. out there than Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, and then including like a character who wanted to be called Axel and wore a Guns N' Roses shirt. You're like, the, like you said, it just seemed like they had five jokes that they wanted to tell. And they just kept retelling them. It just seemed like lazy instead Mm -hmm. of creative. Like, hey, we're going to tell Guns N' Roses jokes. We're going to have Screaming Goats. Yeah. We're going to make a catchphrase joke. Like, they were all the same jokes. I get you. I get you. I mean, I do want to kind of defend my stance that this wasn't a terrible movie, though, and point out some things I did like. Um, Now, you said you couldn't really remember an action scene. I'll, I'll say for me, the beginning or the, one of the first scenes with Thor, I know we said the guardians of the galaxy weren't in it enough, but they were a little at the beginning and there at the beginning, um, there was like a battle scene uh, with the guardians and, and then Thor finally came from his, like his meditation spot and kind of took over. Yeah. I thought that scene was pretty cool. Like where he jumped in with Stormbreaker and was knocking these aliens off their motorcycles and, and doing crazy roundhouse jumping roundhouse kicks into the, to the motorcycle i thought that was pretty fun um and every scene where he him and gore kind of i think they battled each other two times mm-hmm. i thought those were fun enough um kind of just like a sword fight between gore and thor i thought yeah. those were gore and thor that's funny that they 
something like that Gorthor. but uh i thought those were fun so some of the action did work for me um we can say this about most mcu projects but visually i thought it was good like you know they spared no expense everything looked really bright and fun still it looked like ragnarok even though it wasn't ragnarok you know what i mean yeah, um yeah. so i still do like the way that taika ytt makes his thor movies look um like i said these were two comic storylines i did enjoy so even though they didn't get enough time i was still glad to see them brought to life in a movie um i think mighty thor jane foster thor does deserve to be live action so it was still fun to see her her character brought to life on screen yeah um i don't know sue me but i love the the powered up kids <laughs> in the end i don't know why i just it was, was funny I was down for that scene. I thought that that scene was fun. I just got uh, confused because I was like, what, since when can Thor just make mini Thors? That could have came in handy against Thanos. <laughs> right. Yeah, like that, he could just make an army another, of Thors like that. Where was that? Is power? Another, that is another thing. He did display a lot of powers that you look at it and like, oh, yeah, you could have done that in the Avengers war in Infinity War when, when we needed that. Like you seem like a super powerful, more powerful now than you ever have. Um but yeah, just stuff like that, I thought, kept me invested. Um, yeah, but the middle was just a slog to get through. But the parts here and there, that's why I put it in the middle. I, I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. nothing's worse than Thor the Dark World or Iron Man 3 or even Black Widow. I'll even say Black Widow was worse than this, but um, for me. But uh, yeah, definitely not, not, a, not a top one, but yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, nothing. <laughs> Just never watch it again. Um, yeah. I didn't even stick all the way through the credits. I was like, all right, I'm not waiting. I'll figure it out. I watched the Hercules scene in the post credits and I was like, I know there's something else, but I just, I said, I'll read it. You're like, I, I got to get out of here. I was here. like, I got to get out of here. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I was like, it's not going to matter. And and knowing all these other post credit scenes, it's been just showing off a character that I don't know. And I have to go read it online anyway to find out who it is. I didn't know who Cleo was in Doctor Strange. So I, you know, I'll have to watch it. Cool. Charlie's there on. All right. Well, did you, did you, do you know what the final credit scene for this movie is? Though? Yeah, it was did the Valhalla you? scene. Okay. With I Heimdall. looked it up when I got home and. Yeah. Spoilers um, with Heimdall. Yeah. With what? Idris Elba's character was the one yeah. who worked there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I saw it and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, I just, like I said, it just really didn't land. There were, like I said, there were moments, there were pockets. Most of them involved Christian Bale. Um, I struggled with a lot of the Mighty Thor stuff just because, once again, I don't know that character. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, like I said, hurt overall. And it kind of just makes me kind of bummed out about phase four and what we're doing, like what's happening in phase four, because we're 55 hours in now. That's like double the content of phase one. Phase one was like 25 hours. This is 55 hours of between Disney plus shows and movies now. And I don't know what's happening. Yes. We've kind of had bits and pieces of this conversation before, but I guess we'll kind of dig into it a little bit deeper. Um, We always, we we've said before that we want, it's a it's a love hate relationship with if these movies should be standalone or 
a connected universe or should it be a mixture of both? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think phase four to this point has kind of left the connected part of it and kind of put it to the wayside and just kind of without saying it, they're saying to us fans, like, we'll get there. Just like we're getting there. We're, we're building to it again. Um, This is post infinity war. So you got to bear with us here. We're going to rebuild to it. We'll get you somewhere. But man, it's just taking a while, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and that's what I'm trying to think. Like these movies aren't connected, right? But if you think back to the movies that weren't connected, right? And I mean, we, none, not all these movies were standalone in their own right. You know, Civil War was standalone in its own right. Winter Soldier, you know, I mean, these movies were always kind of had their own beginning, middle, end. But as we're going into phase four, it's like, are these movies even good by themselves? Right. Like, is there anything in there? Like, if you don't have the connective tissue of a phase four and like tying these movies together, like, what's the point? Like, looking at Thor, Love and Thunder, what is the point of this movie? Like, if you were just watching this as a standalone movie by itself, what are you to take away from it? Like, where was the, what was the story that you were, I mean, you were trying to just get that he wanted love? Yeah, I, I mean, lonely. And I mean, if you think about it as a standalone movie, would that work in any other movie? If you just took regular actors and put them in a movie and told the same story, would it? If it wasn't part of the MCU, right? Would like, it, if it wasn't Thor, like if this was just a random made up, yeah, guy named like Gino's Adventure. I don't yeah. know why why I picked the name Gino, but uh, <laughs> same reason I picked the name Cliff. So you know. Yeah. Would it work? I mean, it's a good question. Do we, are we just loving these movies because it's like, Hey, another Thor adventure. But really when you take it on its merit of just looking at it and be like, was that a good film? You know, can you say no? Or, or are people just loving it because like, yes, for Thor four, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a Marvel movie. It's, but at some point you have to take these movies and say, well, was that a good film? And if you if you're going to say no, then I mean, then it's just a bad movie. You know what I mean? Um, not saying I mean, this wasn't a bad movie to me, but it wasn't a good movie either. Like I said, it's in between. But if um, it had if it had some kind of like connection mm-hmm. to something bigger, would it have made the movie better? That's a good question, because we are the kind of guys who are invested in the MCU and we kind of love those connections. Like, let's say, let's say for instance, in this movie, um, it's Gore, the God butcher, right? What if at some point in this movie, one of the gods he wants to kill is Konchu and all of a sudden Moon Knight's now in on this adventure. He comes in because Gore, the God butcher is going after Konchu as a God. Mm-hmm. Would that have made it more interesting for you because it's now connected itself to the MCU? And like, that's awesome. Moon Knight and Thor back to back fighting whoever, whoever. You know what I mean? Or, you know, God, gods was heavily, gods are heavily mentioned in the Eternals. What if somebody from the, what if Gore's going after a celestial and all of a sudden you got, you know, somebody from the Eternals pop in to be part of this battle? Does that make it more interesting? Or have we been conditioned to, you know, want that. Do we want that? Are we thirsty for that again? Because we haven't had that through all of phase four, basically, you know, we got it teased here and there, but just, it hasn't hit that 
same level of making you excited to see these movies collide with each other and these projects collide with each other. We've just been missing that um, ever since Infinity War ended, really. You know what I mean? When I had this, I kind of, we were texting a little bit about this kind of talking and it's just funny because it's like the opposite problem that the MCU is starting to have the opposite problem of the DCEU. So you had Warner Brothers, they wanted to make all of these DC movies. And they're like, you got to do like Marvel. You got to do the MCU thing and you got to connect all these movies and you got to do this. And they were never able to make it work, right? So now we're now we're just like, and we're sitting here on this show. We've said it before. DC, I just want you to make movies. Don't try to connect shit. Just make good movies. Mm-hmm. Leave the connecting stuff to Marvel. But now Marvel's not connecting their movies anymore. So now their movies are just standalone movies, but then they're not good. And because they're not connecting it, so it's just kind of this like weird circle. Like they, they're developing the opposite problem where now DC is like, well, we're going to go make the Batman. The Batman was a phenomenal standalone movie. It did its mm-hmm. thing. I mean, realistically, I mean, Spider-Man was good, but it was also super heavy nostalgia. But I still felt like it was funny. It was still entertaining. It still had heart, still had a story arc throughout it. But it also had it had Doctor Strange in it and you still had characters colliding and you had still had this connected universe. But then when you have Thor, Love and Thunder with no connection. Yeah. Now it's like I'm just taking this movie for what it is. It's not very good. Doctor oh, yeah, Strange, you had the connection with Wanda, but right. that was still a direction that nobody wanted. Like, I didn't want to see Wanda go crazy hunting her made up kids. Right. We, we wanted, we wanted, we wanted a multiverse was right there in the title. We wanted that movie to build off of what we got in Loki. You know what I mean? Yeah. We wanted, wanted Spider-Man movie. to build off of what happened in Loki. Loki right. was supposed to be the catalyst to all of this in my head. Mine too. Yeah. Loki and, broke the multiverse by killing the last man standing or he who must not be named. Yeah. Um, whatever he was called. He who remains. Well, yeah. He who remains. Right. And he broke the multiverse. And that's how they ended that show with Loki breaking everything. And then we've had now four other multiverse property shows or movies and none of it's affected. And it's like, wait, are yeah, these supposed to be connected? So it's just been very confusing as an MCU fan. As to what am I supposed to feel? What is, what's, what's going on in phase four that everything is kind of standalone? And then, mm-hmm. I'm, and then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, am I supposed to, is that all I cared about? Yeah. Was the connection? And when you pull away this connection of these stories, then I'm stuck with just, was it always crap? <laughs> like, I'm trying to. Well, I don't, I don't even think it's that. I think it's, they just have to be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can I can go through my mind and go back to the MCU and rewind a little bit. And there's some really good films in there. Yes. Like, you know, Winter Soldier and and uh, Black Panther and the Infinity War and, and Endgame. I mean, those are good movies. Like there's a lot of those are some movies when when I walk out of the theater like I'm still thinking about them and I think about them the next day and I play things over my head Shang-Chi and Spider-Man like those are good movies um yeah, the rich the first Doctor Strange was awesome yeah and it's like those are the kind of movies where you're like that's an MCU movie but that's a damn good movie so I even if these movies so if these movies are going to be standalone that's fine like I know you're going to get back to the connection again like connecting them all again of course you have to 
um, we think. But if you're not going to, just still just be a good movie that I want to watch again and I'm thinking about the next day and can't wait to talk to you about on the podcast and be excited about. That's just what I want. Yeah. because we've had that we've been there we we know we've sat the, we've sat here and talked about some of these and been like dude it was so awesome i can't wait to go over a little detail with you because we both get it and it's like when when you don't get that it's just kind of feels like uh, i'm let down again and it sucks and i don't want to be let down i want to enjoy these i really do i haven't watched a second phase four movie yet except shang chi shang chi i saw that one twice in theaters i did say i did watch that one yeah. Um, so yeah, Shang-Chi was the only one that I've watched twice. Mm-hmm. And every other one I thought about it, they're on Disney Plus. I've looked at it and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I've left the theater every time going, what was that? Yeah. I just want another Marvel movie to make me feel like Infinity War made me feel again. Or Winter Soldier made me feel again, you know? And it's just Spider-Man got there. Spider-Man did get there. No yeah, way home. Yeah. But yeah, besides, I had fun with No Way Home. Yeah, besides that, it's just like... Ugh. It's been a while since I've had fun with a Marvel property. And and the longer that we're going, you know, once again, and it comes down to it could just be a my problem, it could be just an us problem. But like the longer that we go without the connection, then it's like, is it hurting what was before? Like, I know I was asking you this yesterday, like WandaVision, we liked WandaVision. It was a solid show. We liked where it was going what happened but now when they did connect wandavision to the mcu you got dr strange multiverse of madness does that hurt wandavision like if you now knowing where that goes you go rewatch wandavision and you're like oh she's gonna go crazy trying to find these fake kids like the um, wandavision was emotional it had it talked about grief it was like a heavy show that talked about some serious things and had emotion you know we all felt the ending of that show and then you watch multiverse of madness and you're like did it just ruin that? Like, and the longer that we go, like Loki, does Loki is Loki season one now not as powerful? Did not as because now we know nothing came from it. I think maybe in a way. So does it become less of a show? Like we've talked about, hey, Loki's my favorite Disney Plus show. Is it? Because now everything that happened in that show, nothing happened from it in the larger scale. And is it fair to Loki for me to be like, you know what? Loki sucks now because they didn't do anything with it. I think in the, at the end of the day, this may just be a lesson for us in patience. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to have faith in something that you don't know will necessarily come true. And the only thing, the only thing you can really base it on is, well, I saw the grand scheme work once. Mm -hmm. so i gotta believe that the grand scheme can work again yeah but not seeing the proof in front of you and just kind of sitting through these movies and shows and watching time go by and being like well when's the next thing come out let's see if we can get something out of that it's just like eventually the waiting game becomes very hard but at some point you got to be like i'm either going to have patience with this or i'm not you know what i mean um when you have to imagine that i mean February Ant-Man his potentially has to be the ne- the only next place for them to do anything because if you look at nothing's going to happen in She-Hulk for the bigger picture probably not Black Panther Wakanda Forever 
that they have more than enough stuff they need to figure out. There can't be bigger picture stuff in that. Well, maybe. I mean, I obviously don't know, but I still don't. We still don't know what that movie even is. Yeah, we just we just know that it's probably going to have Namor in it and and introducing Atlantis. But big picture stuff. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and we don't know. I mean, we don't even know, like I said, who's going to don the mantle of Black Panther. Like, right. that movie has been hush-hush, like, until we see a trailer and know what that movie even is. I mean, I can't even pretend to think that they're going to... They got more than enough stuff that they need to do in that movie that the idea that they're going to throw bust Kang or start busting through multiverses or doing all this other stuff just seems unbelievable. Yeah. Like, they have to. they have enough stuff to focus on in that movie. That big yeah. picture, they can't do big picture in that. I mean, prove me wrong, I'd love it. But yeah, Ant-Man, the... when we know Kang is going to be in that. Might be our next big thing. And 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 we already know the planned end of Phase 4 is um, Fantastic Four, which still doesn't have a director or a cast announced. Um, I thought they <clears> gave him a director. No, it was supposed to be John Watts, and he dropped out. He left. So they're okay. still direct, directorless. Uh, that's the rumor I sent you that people think Steven Spielberg's oh, yeah. in line, uh, which is never going to happen. Prove me wrong, Kevin Feige. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of people think we're 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 going towards Kang or Doctor Doom for Phase Four, or, or like to build to the next big thing like Secret Wars. But you know, we just still haven't seen any proof of that yet. And it's it's just a it's a waiting game, and how patient can you be, and how patient are you willing to be, and it gets a little um, you know hard at times for for people who just want to see kind of the big picture, you know yeah. what I mean? So uh, yeah, that's kind of where I, we both sound like we sit in the same boat here for Phase Four. We just kind of want to see the bigger picture come into focus a little more. Um, and we're still waiting. Yeah. And we are. And like I said, I feel bad that that's what it has come down to, you know, but I, I still don't feel like this movie for Thor circling back to Thor wasn't good as a movie. So, I mean, yeah, if they would have had a scene like Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, I don't really think was a great movie, but they had their one big Illuminati scene, which you could tell that they built that whole movie around. They're like, this is what people are going to talk about leaving the theater. Let's give them this and the rest of the movie, who gives a shit? And that's how that movie felt for the most part. So like this movie didn't even have that, but I mean, it still didn't make Dr. Strange good. So it's not, you can't keep going back to that well like they're trying to do. So it's just very confusing to me as an MCU fan. I just want I just want to be entertained and I haven't been entertained. <laughs> yeah, in a little while. I know. It's been a it's little been, while. It's been a little while, which kind of I don't I don't hate any of them though. That's just where I'm standing. I don't there's nothing that I've hated. Like has did was Moon Knight as good as I wanted? No. I finished Miss Marvel. Was it as good as I wanted? No. Was this as good as I wanted? No. Was Doctor Strange as good as I wanted? No. But I still have fun with each of them. But none of them have blown me away. And I just, I guess, I just want to be blown away like I used to um, from the MCU. And I'm still waiting on that day. Yeah. Um, 
I love, I love, I love these characters and these, and these comic books. And I just really want to uh, like these movies as much as I did before. But at the end of the day, I, if we're just finishing thoughts on Thor, I, I mean, like I said, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was a popcorn movie. Turned my brain off. Enjoyed some loud, shiny, bright action scenes for a couple hours, and and left the theater and didn't haven't really thought about it since until now. So that's just kind of where this movie sits for me. It's definitely um just in the middle of the pack. So where do where does Thor go? Because we ended this movie and with and I'll tell you right now the scene with him and his daughter. Hmm unnecessary it was one of the better scenes of the movie (laughs) like i was entertained with the banter between the two of them yeah i thought like she did she did a fine job she was obviously working with her dad so she was comfortable um acting and like i was i was kind of cool with that until she started running with the axe and then she just reminded me of baby leia trying to run across the desert and it got CGI giant axe in her hand that she would have never really been able to carry. Yeah. And I don't really know what was going, but now, now where do you go? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, we obviously have no idea when we'd see Thor next, if we'll even see Thor next, this could really be the end of his character. Ultimately, you know, Marvel's famous for at the end of these movies, always putting up such and such will return. Yeah. And in this movie, it did say Thor will return. Oh, did it? And I read somewhere that like when during the premiere that Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth were like sitting with each other watching this film and they didn't know that was going to be in the movie. And like Taiki Ki or Taiki Ki, Taika, <laughs> Taika Waititi looked over at Chris and he was like, oh, OK, that's like news to me. Shit, I didn't know. And they're like Chris Hemsworth was like, oh, what? He will. All right, I guess. Like they they had no idea that they were gonna put that in the end of the movie. So I don't even think Marvel knows when Thor will come back. They just think, okay, at some point he will. Um, I don't know where he I don't know where you go with him. And that's kind of like this movie in a nutshell is I don't think they know where to go with him. Like the creative the creative juices with Thor's like, what more story do you, do you do with them? You know, like the well is kind of dry. It feels yeah, like yeah. with Thor, you did your two Shakespearean movies. You did your two bro Thor movies. He's had all his adventures. He's had every interaction with Loki he could ever have. Um, now he's had his, you know, Jane stuff that that story is told, like what's another story to be told. What could you possibly do with the Thor five? Um, at this point, it's just you throw him into your next Avengers picture and just kind of put him in there with that team. I don't know what else you do with it. I feel like like you've told everything you can tell and maybe just give it a rest, to be honest. So I don't know. If they were going to do another Thor movie, Thor 5, would you want to see a different direction? Would you want it to be Taika Waititi for a third time? Or would you rather see somebody else try following this movie would you want more taika waititi it's hard to say i don't know i i I wouldn't if if they said another one was coming out i'd assume they'd do another taika waititi movie just because i mean these movies made a ton of money and he seems like you know good and good in with them and um 
But me personally, I mean, maybe a different direction might work, but what would that different direction be? Oh, like, that I don't know. I'm just trying to figure series, out, like, right now, the way I work. feel, if they're like, hey, Thor 5, Taika Waititi, I would be like, like, I would be deflated by that just because I really didn't enjoy this movie. So the idea of them just doing it again, I wouldn't have really any faith in it being any different. Mm-hmm. So I would want to see a different direction, but I was just curious. Um how you would feel no i mean it's a good one it's a good question i just can't think of what that direction would be like i said four movies for this one character who's had every adventure now that you can i mean what what else can you tell i don't know so yeah he's now been the only original phase one person that's made it this far and um like right. said that there's no reason and the way that they ended it i mean the idea of him just going on an adventure with his adopted daughter and just doing things I, i'm cool with imagining that's what they're doing he found his love he's able to do his thing cool i'm happy with the way that ended for the thor character if we don't see him again i'm fine with that um yeah but if they decide to bring him back i would want a different direction fair enough just because i really just didn't enjoy this movie <laughs> Fair enough. Next up for the MCU, we have She-Hulk coming up here in a few weeks, I think. What's that, August? August and some change? August and some change, yes, sir. So see what uh, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, just ended. I'm going to have to catch up on that one and see how it rocked the world with their finale. Yeah. Rocked the world. You'll get there, maybe. I'll get there maybe, or it'll get spoiled <laughs> for me and I'll be like, all right, don't got to watch that. But we will see how that all shakes out. But sorry, this one wasn't as uh, positive as we like to be. <laughs> you know, we like we like talking here about things we love, but we also like just covering the things that this podcast is built around. We like talking about comic book movies and adaptations and comics and video games, and they don't always do you know, as well as we want to in our minds. But, you know, we were, I feel like we were fair in our conversation. We both kind of gave our opinions and said what we liked and didn't like. And those listening out there, I, I hope you love this movie. Like, I hope this movie really is a top Marvel movie for someone because, you know, that's what we want these movies to be for people. Just for us, you know, not not top of the heap. Yes, And that's okay. And and that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, as, as Don said, if you loved this movie, if you disagree with us, agree with us, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at raise the geek. Shoot us an email, raise the geek at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. I would love to hear it. Like I said, I'd love more opinions that aren't super toxic or biased in a comment <laughs> yeah. section underneath a review um, where people are just arguing about stuff. So I would be super excited to hear more. So anybody out there listening who, uh, wants to share their piece on Thor love and thunder, let us know, or you can go over to our anchor.fm page linked in the description, leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think in your own words. So we'd be happy to hear that and continue this discussion, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for raise the geek, I'm Chris and I'm done. And thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak.